as far north as Marauder's Arch, as far south as Booty Isle, as far east as Ruby's Fall, and as far west as Mermaid's Hideaway, Pirate Talk Radio proudly presents the most in-your-face Sea of Thieves podcast on the waves, and now broadcasting from his mother's basement, the biggest idiot to ever pick up a cutlass, your host, Davram! Welcome back, guys, to Pirate Talk Radio. This is episode 124, and the time has come. It is here. The official launch of season 11 is on the waves, and we finally, after many, 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 many seasons, got a three-month season. You know, the basically industry standard for how long a season should be. Um, based on you know player interest and things like that, we finally got a three month season in season ten, um, and now we're on to season eleven. And though I know there's, I guess I will say some mixed reviews, um, not playing season eleven as it just came out, so I, I don't necessarily think a lot of people. Well, I mean, a lot of people have probably played it by now. I have not, um, but that 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 comes when I've got time this this weekend. But. Um, just based on the deep dive, just based on the the update trailer and stuff like that, lots of speculation from folks on what season eleven um, brings to them. Um, lots of speculation on if it's going to be good or bad. Again, it's the gaming industry, right? Lots of us content creators, though we obviously talk about and we cover the game when it is uh, out and live and things are going. Speculation also plays a, a big part. You, you know, if you've listened to this show for a very long time, you know, I talk about things that I want to see. Um, I, I I do speculate, but in general, I'm talking about things that I would like to see and what I think will bring value and longevity to the game. Um, there's, there's a lot of folks out there, the majority of folks out there. They see something, they immediately jump to conclusions, and they say if it's going to be good or bad. And I saw that with season eleven when they released the, uh, the the preview and and all that stuff. Immediately, people jumped into this, and they had very polarizing uh, opinions on it. And I want to dive into season eleven. I want to look at those those videos, including the deep dive, and I I kind of want to talk about what my thoughts are on season eleven. Um, I'm actually quite excited for it. Now, if if you're someone who requires every every season to have some new story, some new content, some new thing to go out and do. Uh, season 11 is not going to be very exciting to you, but I'm going to tell you why it should be exciting to you, um, namely because it makes your PlayStations better. But t- two, the longevity of this game, if you enjoy this game um, any amount, you want the game to last. You know, you don't want the game to just disappear one day and all the hours that you put in with your friends or yourself or whatever are just up in smoke. I've been in many games where I've sunk hundreds, if not thousands of hours into a game. And then one day it's just gone because it's just not working out for uh, the business side of that. And, and, and I know though sea of thieves is a roller coaster of player base. It's a game that a lot of people love. 
And it's a game that a lot of people want to succeed and a lot of people put time and effort into and don't want just one day to go poof, it's gone. So I, I season 11 sets Rare up to do this and sets Rare up very well um, to do some cool new things. Now, they have to execute and we'll get into that um, in a little bit. Um, before we get into season 11, <clears throat> I teased on the last episode that we would take one last walk through memory lane of 2024 because I threw out there that um, if you wanted to, you could join the uh, Pirate Talk Radio Discord and you could say, these are some things that I remember in 2023. Uh, what are your thoughts on them? All right. And I picked out from the list. Um, let me, let me just, you know, get to the, the notes here. I picked out three things <clears throat> and I picked out, um, I picked out one of them because I forgot about it. Um, and I picked out the other two because I, I, I just have some things to say about it. So let's take one more look at 2023, which was season nine and season 10, um, as yeah, they were bad. Um, and, and, and close off that uh, last year in Sea of Thieves um, with this one last walk through memory lane. So um, the Hoarders Hunt. Now, this is the one I picked because I completely forgot about it. Uh, if you remember, if you were if you were listening at the time or you can go back and, and listen to the episodes around the Hoarders Hunt, you will know that I was very excited, but also very critical um, of the Hoarders Hunt. I think Hoarder's Hunt was a very cool concept. Um, I think it was something that a group of players thoroughly enjoyed. I think the hype up to it got a lot of players excited until they actually got into doing it and then realized this is not for me. Um, the Hoarder's Hunt in general was designed for the 1%. Um, you know, they always talk about how they got rid of the arena because, well, it was like 1%, 2% of players actually playing it. And it was silly to have a separate dev team just for that. Now, the Hoarder's Hunt is a little different, right? The the mysteries and, and, and that, it's a little different because you don't need an entire dev team to come up with that because a lot of it's done on social media. A lot of it was done on the internet. It wasn't done in-game. There were parts of it that were done in-game, but in general... A lot of it was done outside of the game, which if you've listened to this show for any amount of time, you know, I have an issue with games who do the and this is not an offensive uh, phrase, the transmedia approach of de uh, of providing content to your game. Transmedia means it, it goes beyond the game. It might be a TV show. It might be a movie. It might be books. It might be um an Easter egg hunt on Twitter and Reddit and Facebook and all these social media platforms um, that it's, it's the reach of the game outside the actual game to get those clicks, to get those dollars, to get whatever you're looking for out of it. It's to increase the reach of your game. And on a business side, that makes complete sense because for some God awful reason, this world is obsessed with social media. Um, I, I, I am, as I said in the last episode, I have removed Facebook. I have removed Reddit. I have removed Twitter. I've removed all this stuff from my phone because quite frankly, I think it's a waste of time. And yeah, there's a lot of good information on there. There's a lot of the majority of it's bad information, just people bitching, but uh, it's just, it consumes so much of people's time. And I just, 
I, I just, for me, where I am in my life, I just don't understand it anymore. And I can't say that I never took part in, in the social media piece. I can't say that I haven't taken part in, in Transmedia. Because if you look right back here on my shelf, my Sea of Thieves shelf, I have the books, right? The only book that I haven't been able to get my hands on is the original art book uh, because, you know, it was limited and I wasn't playing the game at the time. Uh, hopefully I, I check all bookstores. I check garage sales. I check everything to get my hands on one of those books. One day I might actually get my hands on a book, but I don't right now, but I have their books. I've got, you know, extra merch, um, that they've put out, uh, you know, the shaker cups and, you know, I've bought stuff from their store and things like that. Um, you know, I've, I've read their books. Uh, you know, I've followed them on social media. I've engaged on social media. Um, and, and, you know, before my C of thieves time before my podcasting days, I used to help run social media accounts for big companies. Um, and, and namely Best Buy. Um, and so it was, it's one of those things that, yeah, social media touched my life in a very, very big way in my career and in my personal life. But as I've grown older and older, and you can say crotchety if you want, I just feel that my time is more valuable than sitting there staring at my phone, scrolling endlessly through posts and tweets. When I would say 90%, no matter how many things you block, no matter how many things you hide, no matter how many things you tell the platform I don't want to see, 90% of the stuff that I'm scrolling past is stuff that I don't care about. It's stuff that is negative. It's, it's advertising and stuff like that. And so for me, I've removed social media from my phone completely. There is no social media anymore on my phone. And I think I'm going to keep it that way for the foreseeable future. Now, if I want to sit down because I do the podcast and I need to be able to see what the, the, the vibe check is, I need to be able to see what folks are saying. Sure. I'm going to pop on to Twitter or X if you want, I'm still going to call it Twitter. Um, you know, and those in Reddit and, and get the pulse on the community. I'm going to see what Mike Chapman has to say and Shelly has to say and Andy has to say and Joe Neat has to say, I'm going to look and see because that's good information for the podcast. But when it's not at my fingertips every waking moment of the day, <clears throat> I feel better. I feel mentally better and more so I'm unplugged where I don't give a shit about someone bitching about a burnt, burnt pepperoni on their pizza and how that's going to ruin their entire lives. It's just dumb. So <clears throat> if you still use social media greatly, more power to you. Um, but I, for me, have pulled myself completely away from social media on my mobile device. I will use it when I'm at home <clears throat> in front of my computer for the very limited time it takes to research whatever I'm working on at the time. <clears throat> so for me, the hoarder's hunt was a cool concept. For me, the hoarder's hunt was interesting but for me, the hoarder's hunt was a complete failure and a waste of time. Um, I got all the bits to the hoarder's hunt done. Basically, what I did was I waited until it was solved, and then I went and did it based on, uh, you know, um, the, the, the wiki sites and the walkthrough sites once it was solved. Because, quite frankly, and I talked to people who actually were very excited about it and took great deals of their time, hours of their day, um, and, and hours of their week <clears throat> in order to try to be that very first person to solve it or that very first group to solve it. Um, you know, I, I talked to those people 
<laughs> and for them, it was a lot of fun. For them, it was a lot of enjoyable. Now, what they will, what, what most of them will say is, it took a long time. Uh, there wasn't a lot of guidance, and that was kind of the objective, right? Rare didn't want this thing to be solved overnight, and it did take a little bit of time. But it was enormous amount of time, enormous amount of brain power, um, and it was it was just enormous effort. And and for me, I viewed that as a waste of time. I viewed that as rare. You put something cool in here. You spent time. You spent dev hours. You spent company dollars to put something cool in here, but it only targeted a very small percentage of your player base. Um, and in general, the larger percentage of player base who jumped in real quick was like, "Oh my god, this sucks." Um, so I think the, I think the hoarders hunt as a concept was cool. I think they need to iterate on that. Um, which is why I don't think we've seen a, a, a mystery like that. Um, since then, right. We were supposed to get mysteries and adventures on a cadence. We haven't seen an adventure for a while. We definitely haven't seen an, uh, um, a, a, um, uh, mystery for a while. <clears throat> and I think it's because they're really trying to think about how, you know, it was, they said in the very beginning when they started these, that it was an iterative, iterative process, which means they're going to make mistakes. They're going to throw something out there that they think is good. They're going to see how the players interact with it. <clears throat> they're then going to take player feedback wherever it is. <clears throat> and then they're going to adjust the next one. And in general, I think they've done a good job about that with adventures. Um, and I think they need to do the th same thing um, going forward with Avengers, and they need to do the same thing with the mystery system. I don't think the mystery system should be just scrapped. I think there's a lot of good things that could come out of that. I just think they need to tailor it to the a little bit bigger of the player base than the 1%. And I think they need to, for God's sakes, keep it in the game, or at least the majority of it a game. Hoarder's Hunt was like a drop in a gallon bucket in the game. There was very little actually happening in the game. It was mostly outside the game with these um, ways to you know, di decipher codes and stuff like that, uh, Google Maps and things. It was just, oh, it was... It was annoying to me. It was bad to me. I know it was bad to a lot of people, but yes, there were some people who enjoyed it. So I think they need to continue to iterate on those. I don't think at this point we've got enough data points and enough things that they've tried to say, you know, mysteries just need to be scrapped. I definitely don't think adventures need to be scrapped. In fact, I think they need to be working harder to get. Um, a better cadence of mysteries out there, uh, uh, adventures out there. You know, it was driving the story forward. It was allowing us to learn more about characters that were in the shadows or characters that we didn't know a whole lot about. Beloved characters like Briggsy and Wanda um, and the Brotherhood and things like that. S some of it, you know, some of the things which we haven't seen since, uh, um, you know, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. And, and it was just really nice to get some of these uh, story arcs and these lore pieces going. And like I said, we haven't seen an adventure, well, since before Monkey Island. So um, I, I really think they need to get back on a cadence. You've heard me say this so many times on the show. Their main issue 
um, is consistency and quality. That's their two main issues. They put out updates that are not quality tested and are not ready to be out in the wild. And they don't do it on a consistent schedule. They say what their schedule is going to be, and then they never execute it. And it's it's not just the development side of it, right? I think the developments, the developers are amazing people. I think they do great work. I think they're set up to fail by leadership. And I've talked in depth in that on other episodes. But when it comes to consistency, look across the board, look across the board updates, not on a consistent timeline that they've promised. Um, the, uh, the, the content as far as adventures, not on a consistent timeline that they promised bug fixes, not on a consistent timeline, which they promise. Um, Look at simple thing is their official Sea of Thieves podcast. How many times have they came on and said, this is our schedule and they have never once stuck to it. This is what I'm talking about. There is a clear issue at Rare Studios with consistency. There isn't any. There isn't any. It's a wild west out there as far as a schedule. They announce that they're going to do some sort of schedule and then by at least twice, you know, the second iteration of that schedule, second episode of the podcast, whatever it is now gone on hiatus for the foreseeable future, the dev updates and things like that. They're a little bit more consistent on that, but again, consistency, I keep saying they need to do weekly resets like world of Warcraft and like so many MMOs and live service games, destiny and things like that. Weekly resets to refresh those servers, refresh that Ram and all the resources on those servers to keep them healthy. They still haven't done that consistency, consistency, consistency. I can forgo a little bit of quality issues as long as you're consistent. And when you say you're going to do something, do it and do it on time. Don't sit here and tell me you're going to do something and then turn around and you're late. You're late again. You're late again. I'm looking at you season nine. Um, don't do that. I'm looking at you official sea of thieves podcast. Don't do that. And so for me, the hoarders hunt was just another example of just being out of touch and not having a cool concept, but not understanding how to quality execute that for the player base that you have. And then furthermore, with the adventures, not being able to stick to the timetable that you promised and not being able to keep that driving forward. The adventure was supposed to drive the story forward. And it did that when they came out. Um, and then they just stopped. And sure, there's other things they're working on, but it's like, if you say that this is going to happen, boom, 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 boom. You know, I believe the original announcement without looking back was the adventure was supposed to start at the beginning of the season. And then part two was supposed to be, you know, a couple months in and there uh, like a month in. And then the last one was the last month of season. So you had some sort of new story content throughout the season. I don't think they might have executed on that once or maybe twice, but it's like, you do it for a short amount of time and then all of a sudden <clears throat> we're off to the races doing something else and what you promised and the consistency, it's just not there. And I think the mystery was supposed to last over the whole season or take up two seasons. I, I don't remember what the, the cadence was, but it's not consistent. So the hoarders hunt for me, cool concept, completely forgot it happened um, just because I wasn't really engaged in it. Um, and, and didn't really care that much because it was God awful. Um, the next thing that I do know happened and that I did talk about is rare is becoming more open 
Um, I won't say they're becoming more open uh, around what is in their updates because, quite frankly, they've always been secret. They like to be secret. There is a certain amount of that that I respect and like, and then there's a certain amount of that I'm like, come on, just freaking open up and talk about what you're doing. Explain to the player base why things are, are the way they are. What are you doing to fix it, and when is it going to be fixed? I think they're starting to get there. Um, I don't know if they'll ever commit to things, you know, hey, this is going to be a fix by this date because they've proven over almost six years that they can't hit dates to save their lives. So I don't think they're going to make the mistake of setting a date on something that they know they're probably going to miss because that's their M.O. But what I appreciate, especially as we move through the arguably one of the worst seasons <clears throat> for players that we've ever seen season nine rare became more and more open about issues. The game is facing from server stability issues to hit registration, to cheating, um, to bugs, returning to things they're looking at that are ex um, like exploit style stuff. And they be started to become more open talking about things that they're looking at. I appreciate that. Tell us players why things are getting delayed by saying, hey, we're looking at this. Hey, we're looking at that. Don't leave us in the dark when it comes to bugs and exploits that have been around for years, maybe not years, maybe months, maybe weeks. <clears throat> Tell us about the bugs and things that you've thought were fixed, but now are back again. And why? Like, start to be a little bit more open. I'm not asking you to to throw back the curtains and and, you know, throw your dirty laundry outside on why you can't execute on these things. I'm not saying you have to go that far, but starting to be a little bit more open on the game and why it's in the state that it is and what they're doing to fix it. And maybe a general timeline. You don't have to give us specifics because, you know, someone like me is going to point fingers and say, Hey, you didn't hit that date at this time that you promised. Cause that's what I do Because if you say something, I expect you to do it you know, especially if you put a date on it. Now I'm really going to hold you to that. So I'm not saying that. I don't think that's good for them. Um, they know their weaknesses. I'm sure they know the weaknesses that I've already spoke about. Um, but being more open has been really nice, especially in those short little monthly or um, those little dev updates that they have in Sea of Thieves News, um, where, you know, for a whole section of it is someone basically sitting down and saying, look, here are the issues. Here's what we're running into. We know it's a problem for you and we're working on it. Um, you know, here are some issues that we also know that you've complained about, that they're, they're valid issues that we want to get addressed and we're going to be working on them. Having that open dialogue is so much nicer than everything just shrouded and we don't know what is going on. We don't know if Rare is blind to cheating. We don't know if Rare is blind to the hit reg issues, blind to this and that, which is is what we've had for five years. We've been blind to what their focus is. If you look at the patch notes, um, it, I don't know if you can go back in time and look at patch notes, hit registration, bucket registration, server stability. Those things were on the known issues list all the way at the bottom of the patch notes for years. I'm not talking weeks. I'm not talking seasons. I'm not talking patches for years. The same text was at the bottom of the patch notes. And, and it was like, well, it's great that you've typed this in here and it's great that you've copy and pasted, or it's great that you use the exact same, um, uh, patch notes as you did last time. And you just deleted the top and you left the bottom. It's like, a, it's like in the footer of a word note, right? It doesn't change. Whatever you put in the body doesn't change the footer. 
Uh, and that's kind of what those known issues are. Now that they're at least talking about it, at least me as a player. Now, are they getting fixed? Not really. But at least me as a player, you're verbally with a human face telling me you know that's an issue. And you're reminding me frequently that it's something you're working on. Now, eventually I'm still going to get irritated that it's not resolved yet, especially with how long you've had to resolve these issues. But at least with a, a human being open, it helps a little bit. It helps, you know, that sting a little bit. I'm not saying it helps a lot, but it helps a little bit than having to see those patch notes each and every week and seeing no fixes in there for the things that you were um, as the player focused on and seeing that exact same footer each and every time talking about hit reg and server stability. So I appreciate that openness. And finally, the last thing um, I have, again, a mixed opinion on this one, and that is Monkey Island. Obviously, Monkey Island was a huge passion project of Mike Chapman. He loves that IP. And again, I think Monkey Island fits really well into the Sea of Thieves world. It's quirky. It's goofy. The point and click uh, style adventure that they were able to execute and really give you that Monkey Island feel inside Sea of Thieves. It was brilliant. It was done well. Now, I think they could have done a little bit better in maybe spacing some of this out. I think a little and, and again, I think think this comes to there wasn't really a quest book you know sea of thieves for the longest time has been a here's a quest book it guides you it basically paints a picture of exactly where you need to go and what you need to do monkey island didn't have that it was a puzzle that you had to solve because that's how monkey island was in the actual game but they felt a little long um just because there were times you would get stuck and you would try to figure it out I thought the story was cute. I thought it was fun. I thought the uh, the voice acting of just about everything. There were some misses on the voice acting side um, as far as certain things that they said everything would be voice acted. Certain things weren't. But in general, I really liked the direction they were going with that style of Tall Tale. And I hope they continue that with future Tall Tales and or adventures. So I think Monkey Island was a success. Now, there are a lot of people out there who had no idea what Monkey Island was. There were a lot of people out there who didn't give a damn about Monkey Island. There were a lot of people who didn't care for that particular thing. And that's fine. You're not going to, as a developer, you're not going to please everyone. It is impossible to please everyone. But I think in general, from what I've seen and who I've talked to, Monkey Island was a positive for the game. Here's the rub. It was out. Took a little bit of time. You only had to do it once if you 100%ed it each time, and you got all the rewards. There were some issues with the rewards, but as far as them actually completing when you got it done, but that's a simple ticket and it got resolved. Here's my issue. There were certain rewards that were not done when Monkey Island was released, and those rewards were finally added to the game in Season 10. And you've heard me say it time and time again, respect our time, if you made the mistake, own the mistake and make it right by the players. Don't punish the players because of your lack of ability to execute on time. And they did this with Monkey Island. There was a series of rewards, one for each one, and I think one overall general reward that was not done by the time Monkey Island came out, according to Rare. So they added it in season 10 and the response from them was go do Monkey Island again. 
why would was my response. Why do I have to do this again? Now, thankfully, I did have to do mine again because I hadn't 100%ed Monkey Island yet. So for me, I had to do it again anyway, so it's not a big deal. But for those players out there who had already 100%ed the adventure or for the tall tale, those rewards should have been just dropped in their chest. They should not have had to go do it again. That is not the way to get your content to stay alive is forcing players to go back and do it, especially if it's content like that. Voyages, world events, those things are meant to be repeated. Tall Tales, once you get that story, you're only going to repeat it if you really liked that IP and you really liked that story. Like I've done Shores of Gold multiple times. I've done um, the 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 Briggsy Tall Tale multiple times. I've done the Pirates of the Caribbean multiple times. Just if I'm in the mood to chill out and do a Tall Tale and have a nice story told to me, I'll do them. But the way Monkey Island was designed, it was, it was for me, I played it through once. I got the gist of it. I knew I had to do it again. I held off on doing it again. And thankfully I did, because if I didn't hold off on doing it again, I wasn't going to do it for those cosmetics. It sure as hell wasn't going to do it for those cosmetics because a rare is basically saying, if you a hundred percent of this, I don't respect the time you put into my content, do it again. That was the, that was the message. I know it was not portrayed that way. I know it was not, um, intended necessarily that way, but that's, that's what you did. Um, and there were a lot of po folks that were upset with that. And I did see Mike Chapman on Twitter responding to those folks. And it's like, look, it was a good content. Go do it again. If you don't want to, don't do it again. Well, guess what, Mike, you made an entire game based on collecting cosmetics and you basically said, go do my content again, whether you like it or not, to get those cosmetics. There are completionists out there. They have to have everything. I used to be that way. Now I, I'm not. At least not for Sea of Thieves because my bank account can't afford the constant Emporium updates. It's just not a thing. So I think Monkey Island was good. I think their approach to adding things to the Tall Tale later, um, especially if you've already 100%ed it, was bad. And I think they need to avoid that in the future. If someone's already 100%ed something, then just give them the stuff. Don't make them play it again unless you've added something new to the Tall Tale itself, which changes that experience um, the next time they play it. Season 11. Season 11 is here. And for me, I'm excited so much about season 11. Almost excited about season 11 as I'm excited about announcing my patrons every single week. Because these folks are amazing. These folks are notorious. They're glorious. They support me. Um, and my loud mouth and my foul mouth and my streams. And they're just amazing individuals. And if you would like to check out the patron and, uh, and support the content as low as a dollar a month, go over to patreon.com slash TV. You can check out all the reward tiers and all the perks that you get. But these folks already know how cool it is. These folks already know that they get the cool discord thing. These folks already know that some of them get a holiday card from me personalized and signed each and every year. And it's badass, by the way, it is bad. I have never sent a shitty Christmas card out. Okay. It's badass. Um, these folks are amazing. Um, and I will gladly happily and excitedly read off their names each and every episode. Regis Stella lane, L cute Geffes, Big Bad Pad and Skimelt 666. Thank you guys very much 
for your continued support. I very much appreciate it. Again, if you would like the episode early, if you would like a pretty color on your Discord name, Discord nameplate, and in your own top tier section in the Pirate Talk Radio Discord, if you would like T-shirts or Christmas cards or whatever that is, go over to Patreon.com/slash TV and check out all the tiers available to you and find the one that meets your budget. If none of them meets your budget, then don't do it. It's fine. It's cool. As long as you listen, that's great. If you go to the YouTube and hit subscribe, like, leave a comment, whatever, all that algorithm stuff, great. If you share this with your friends, um, people in other discords, that's awesome. Awesome. Please do that. That also supports me. But these folks go above and beyond by throwing their hard-earned cash at my face. And I appreciate it. Just don't throw coins. Coins hurt. Okay. Paper, checks, credit cards, all that's fine. Coins, they hurt. Just lay them gently on my table. Thank you. So why am I excited about season 11? There's no new content in season 11. Let's be, let's get that out there right now. There's no new content in season 11. And I put content in air quotes. Because some people, when they think of content, when they hear the word content, what they think of is new stuff that they've never seen before. What they, they're talking about is new voyages. They're talking about new storyline. They're talking about continuation of storyline that they're looking forward to. They're talking about net new stuff for them to do. And season 11 doesn't give you that. Yes, there are some new pieces of loot um, that are trading company specific. Yes. Yeah. But it's not new voyages. It's not new events. It's not a new story arc. It's not a new adventure. It's not a new tall tale. Right. And those are the things that people think of when they hear content. So I'll put content in air quotes because I know some folks will immediately rage and some folks will say, there's a lot of new content in season 11. Then other folks are like, there's nothing in season 11. It happens all the time. Um, But why is season 11 exciting to me? Why is it important to me? And more so, why am I ready to start jumping in and investing more time in Sea of Thieves at least so long as their servers are stable and things are working properly? Because I love Sea of Thieves, but the past year, my playtime in Sea of Thieves has drastically dropped, drastically dropped because the quality of the game was not there. So the only thing that I had was playing with friends. You know what I can play with friends on? World of Warcraft. You know what I can play with friends on? Diablo. I had other games that I could play with my friends that I chose to play over Sea of Thieves because it was a better playing experience. I'm hoping Season 11 cleans some of that stuff up. Um, And because I'm honestly excited to jump back in and sail with my friends, I know I've already set up Saturday sales again, um, so you can go over to Pirate Talk Radio on YouTube. Um, If you subscribe there, live streams will be Saturday, um, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, or you can go over to twitch.tv slash Davram. Um, Live streams, same time, will be broadcasting to both platforms. You can watch whatever platform is is best for you. Um, So long as the internet holds up and I can do that, that should, because it worked great the last stream. Last two streams. Um, so let's talk about the first thing, which is I kind of grouped some of this stuff in and how I saw it. And the first thing I saw is 
playtime and player focus. Now, I even talked about in this episode respecting our time as players. Now, <coughs> before I dive too deep into that, the biggest time sink in Sea of Thieves is sailing. It's a pirate game. Sailing is important for the feel of the world. Sailing is important for that overall piratey, you know, experience. And it's a sailing experience that you don't get in any other game. Um, and I like that experience. Now, take me out of it. A lot of players, and I will, I will see if I can pull this up while I'm speaking here. I'm going to pull up the Xbox um, console. And for a lot of players, sailing is the least fun part of Sea of Thieves for a lot of players. Why is that true? It's true because you're not fighting. You're sitting. You're not doing anything, right? You're just sitting, you know, and you can see this when you see crews and their sails are all in every single which way you're like, oh, wow, they really hate sailing. You know, that's, you know, and so the first big thing that they did here um, was they made it faster to get started, right? So you now don't have to sail to wherever you want to go to get started. There is still going to be sailing, but to get to where you're starting, your first voyage island, your first world event, whatever that case may be, they have removed sailing from that. So you get your quest, and we'll talk about how you do that in a minute, in a much faster way. You set sail off of your spawn in outpost. You dive. You come up on another server, and boom, you're at the island that you need to start your voyage. Boom. You're at your world event. Now, that's amazing. I like sailing, but that's pretty cool because now I can be more efficient and I can get to actually fighting. I can get to puzzle solving. I can get to digging up chests or, or, or catching animals, right? That's the kind of thing that... that New players, that's a barrier to entry for new players, right? And I'm trying to find the specific achievement to um, to kind of give you a idea of why I think this is important. Um, they're, they're, um, they're not in any particular order. Okay, so here, here's the first one. Uh, Maiden Voyage. This is from Xbox, so don't get on me and yell at me for the stupid Steam charts. This is Xbox, right? It's off the Xbox. Onto the Horizon for 20 Xbox achievement points. Um, I've completed it. Um, this I did this in 2020. Wow, was it really 2020 that I did that? I don't think I did the Maiden Voyage right off the bat, to be honest. I think I went back and did it when someone's like, you can make a lot of money doing the Maiden Voyage. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, 27.84% of gamers. So 27.84 people who have Sea of Thieves installed 
have actually done the Maiden Voyage. Again, the Maiden Voyage is a garbage tutorial. Um, I think you get a better tutorial now with Safer Seas and things like that. But that's one bit. Let's go to what I would consider a more telling of the players in Sea of Thieves. If I can find it, I believe the uh, achievement is just set sail. But these things are all over the place and I can't find it. Wild Rose, you fight like a mer I fight like a merchant. Wow. Wait, which is this one? You were promoted to level 20 with Athena's fortune. Only 0.3%. Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, some of this, when you look at the achievement scores, you really get an idea of 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 how many players are are actually you know, really playing the bits of this game. For example, and again, this is an old legacy one, the glorious sea dog. You purchased the glorious sea dog jacket, hat, hook, gloves. 0.1% of people actually did that. 0.1%. Um, come on, where is set sale? Set sale. It's literally achievement. That is you set sale. You dropped your sales and 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 you you went somewhere. Um, it's a very low number, though. It's it's a very low number compared to the rest of the stuff. But the point is, if I can't find it, I can't find it. Um, um, there's just I've got so many achievements, and I don't think there's a way to search. There isn't there isn't a way to search. Oh, I can do. Um, um, unlocked achievements, um, date unlocked. How in the heck? Oh, okay. Here it is. Found it. 2019. Yeah. See, I, I set sail before I did the main voyage. <clears throat> so here you go. Somehow I must've, I don't know how to do this. In 2019, this is great. In 2019, um, I killed a skeleton while it was crunching on a banana. Um, <laughs> I did that before I set sail somehow. I, I don't know how it's probably just how these all uh, came together. But anyways, uh, the achievement is now bring me that horizon. It is 10 achievement points and the, it, all you have to do is set sail, set sail for the first time. Only 64% of Sea of Thieves players have set sail for the first time, which means that big million whatever number that they show on Sea of Thieves that says this many players. Well, just keep in mind, only 64.4% of that number that they showed have actually set sail, which means only 64% of that number are people that have actually done something in the game aside from install it or log in for the first time. So it's, it's crazy to me that that that's that. And then the other, the other pieces, you know, then you start to look at some of these other percentages and it's like eight, a banana, 67% of players, almost 68% of players have, have uh, ate a banana. So literally players log in, they create a character, they eat a banana and they log off because there's a 3% difference, almost a 4% difference between, um, setting sail and eating a banana and eating bananas higher. So there you go. But, 
why is this season 11, uh, season 11 important with this? Well, because now instead of walking into the game, and I want to see when I play on Saturday on stream, I want to see how they guide you to your ship, right? Because everything is now accessible on the ship with the quest table. And I hope there's a way that the game is kind of telling you, hey, go to the ship, go to the dock, get on the ship, you know, something like that. Even if it's just one time, go to the, go to your ship, sit on your ship, go to the, you know, there's a quest table there. I know the pirate Lord's supposed to come out, but being able to get a voyage from your ship and not have to go to an outpost each time is awesome, right? Because now you're respecting players time instead of, and again, I love sailing, but the concept of I have to sail, I, I get a voyage, um, I, a, a new player, let's talk new player because new players don't have a lot of gold, so they can't stockpile a whole bunch of voyages. Get a voyage, set sail, go dig up my three chests. They're on my boat. I can't do another voyage. I have to sail back to the outpost. I cash those in. I use that gold to buy another voyage. I go out and I do it again. So now you can not have to go to a trading company and say, I want to spend money on this particular voyage. You go to your ship and you go to your quest table and say, I want to do this voyage. And the voyages are broken down by how long it takes. Now, it doesn't specifically say from what I saw in the UI, haven't been in the game yet, but it doesn't specifically say in the UI how long one clock is versus four clocks is. But there is a indicator on there, a visual indicator of saying this one clock thing is a shorter voyage. This four clock thing is a longer voyage, you know, so based on how much time you have to play, <clears throat> you can now select a voyage that best suits your playtime which I think is great. And it's respecting players time um, when it comes to that. Um, the next thing is you dive and you appear at the first Island. So it's automatically getting you that kickstart, that kick in the pants to getting to what you want to do. I want to dig up a chest. I want to find a pig. I want to um, kill a skeleton. It gets you right there in the action and allows you to do stuff because if you're a player and you log in, and again, 64% of players have who have installed this game have never set sail, right? They might have even got to character creation. I don't know when that timer starts, but only 64% of players have actually got on a boat and dropped their sail. And now they don't, you know, it could be overwhelming to them. They get into the game. There's no real good tutorial. They get into the game. They're looking around. They're looking around. It's a big world. I don't know what to do. I don't know what quests to do. I don't know what I'm supposed to do in this game. Eat a banana, log off because I'm so confused. Or you do kind of explore out a little bit more. You're you're interested. You find a, a tent. You get your first voyage, whatever that may be. You go over to your ship. You drop it down. It says, hey, I want you to go to Sailor's Bounty. And for some reason, I spawned at, you know, I, I don't I don't know. You spawned at. Uh, galleon's grave and you're looking at where you know let's say you got to go to mermaid's hideaway let's make it worse you had to go to mermaid's hideaway you spawn a galleon's grave well i look at the map and i'm flipping it around as a new player trying to figure out where i'm supposed to go and i see that i have to go across the entire world ah okay this can't be that big of a world and i drop the sail and the winds the wind is going at me right i don't have the wind with me and then you start getting bored and you start looking at the time being like, I'm not even three blocks in and it's been, you know, this long. I've now lost attention. I log out and I move on. Again, that person actually set sail. So they're one of the 64%. But 
Now you can dive and you can get right there. And instead of losing interest because you're not interested in sailing, you're interested in doing, you now are there and you're doing, right? So I think that's very good. Now, they have put limitations on the dive where you can't dive and then 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 dive, right? You've got a cool down and you also can't take your loot with you. You get to keep your supplies trade. You get to keep your emissary flag, just like in hourglass battles, but you don't get to dive and dive and dive and dive and dive, right? If you want the loot, you've got to go trade it in and there's a cool down on the diving. And they did that because they don't want people just to cycle through quests and dive and then, oh, I don't like this one, <laughs> cancel it, dive, and then, oh, I don't like this one, cancel it, and then dive. And they also don't want you to be able to put a voyage up while you're being chased by someone and dive out of the way and keep all your loot. So your loot gets left behind if you want to run that way. But there is a cooldown on the dive, so you can't just constantly be diving around from server to server with this system. So there is a check and in, in, in balance on that. But this is this is really geared towards new players and making sure those new players who log in, they do something right. They don't just eat a banana and log out. They actually now can easily get somewhere again. I hope the game guides them to direct them that, you know, you have a voyage, put it on your quest table. Here's how you dive. I hope that pops up for the first time to get the players to the island so that way they actually dive into the game pun intended, get started, and maybe we'll stick around for a while. But it's also great for veteran players as we can dive to our island and we can be more efficient in getting stuff done, especially those folks out there. And I know you're out there. I know you're listening. You achievement hunters that want to get all the Xbox achievements done, that want to get all the commendations done in the game, you can now get to your voyages quicker. Now, with that being said, those lovely commendations where say you have to sail this many nautical miles with a gold hoarder thing up. Well, oh, oh, God, I just thought of a bug. Oh, I just thought of a bug. When you dive to the island. Does it inflate how many miles that you're sailing with a a uh, a voyage up because you change servers or you win a great distance? Oh, I'm curious now. I'm curious if there's going to be a bug around that and people are going to cheese their way to their their mileage goal. Ooh, ooh, can't wait to find out. Um, can't wait to find out. So, um, and keep in mind when you're doing this, it's going to be faster for you to get there. It's going to be easier for you to get started, but also, you know, you're diving to a new server. So if you get on a server and you like seeing what you're seeing, Ooh, I got a fort of fortune. Ooh, I got a couple reapers. Ooh, it looks like some people are fighting. Don't pick up a voyage and dive because you now go to a different server. So just be aware of that. You are going to, you're utilizing the same feature as hourglass and you will be going to a different server. So you will lose that lovely PVP. <clears throat> Next is on-demand events, which kind of ties into that voyage or kind of ties into the, the, the play time and, and being more player focused and getting players out there and doing stuff is this idea of on-demand events. Some folks don't like, fleets. Some votes don't like forts. Everyone kind of has their own world event that they like. And when the world event that they don't like is up, they're like, I don't really want to go over there. So now you have the ability. Once you unlock this feature, it's locked behind your reputation with the trading companies. 
so you're level with the trading companies, you unlock the ability to now not only dive for voyages, but dive for world events. Again, you will change servers. And how this works is the world event is just not going to, you know, oh, there's a fleet up. I don't want to do the fleet. I want to do a skeletal fort. I'm going to, to click skeletal fort. I'm going to dive. And then all of a sudden a skeletal fort pops up on the server and you've got a skeletal fort and a fleet up. That's not how this works. You're going to dive beneath the waves and you're going to appear on a server that has a skeletal fort active but it's not contested. So there's not players already there. Um, I know they mentioned in the deep dive that this was tested thoroughly by the insiders. And when this feature was, you could dive to contested events, what would basically happen is you would be doing the fort and then all of a sudden three ships would pop up and then it would just be a royal brawl, which by the way, sounds freaking amazing to me. But it wasn't the player experience they were going for. So now it will go to an uncontested fort. And aside from ships that are already on the server, you're not going to have to worry about a ship just all of a sudden coming up from beneath the waves and attacking you immediately. Now, they can still sneak up on you if you're not paying attention, but they're not going to come up through the waves and just be there. You're going to have the ability to see them coming if you are doing your due diligence as a pirate and paying attention to the horizon. Um, but this gives you the ability to target the world events that you want to um, and know that you're not going to go there and immediately be in battle. You might have to, you know, fight the people off, but you're not going to immediately pop out and just have to fight another player. Why is this important for PvP? Let me tell you why I think this is important for PvP. Because... There are many times where you want to PVP, you'll see a world event up, you'll start heading over there and there's no one there, right? That just happens. You're now going to have a higher chance that if you see a world event up, at least some world events, there's probably going to be a good chance that there's going to be a player there. Or if you're sailing around the islands nearby doing voyages, that a player might come out from under the waves and go to that world event and you can go do your PVP thing and steal their stuff. Um... So there's a higher chance <clears throat> that the world events will have someone at it that you can then contest. The other piece is with the fact that you don't have to sail to your voyage, you can dive to the voyage and then you have to sail back to, to deliver your loot. There's also a higher chance that if you see a player sailing out in the world, they probably have loot on them. So for you and me, PVP focused people who want to steal from our fellow players, if you see a ship just sailing, there's probably a good chance there, there's there's a higher chance that there's loot on that boat um, because they've dove to something, they've picked it up. It's not going to be guaranteed. You're still going to come across some duds where you, you come up on someone who didn't dive and they enjoy sailing and they're just sailing around and they don't have any loot on them and you're then sad sink them anyways, but you're sad. Um, <laughs> you're, you're sad about it, but you still got, got to sink them. Now there's a higher chance that a player that's actually legit sailing and not diving is going to have loot on them. So there's a good chance that you're going, you might not be getting a good fight out of it. You might get a good fight out of it, but at least you're going to get to steal something. So on a PVP player side, there is positives here. There is positive. It's increasing your chance not to have good PVP, but it's increasing your chance in order to get something out of the fight, stealing something, being that pirate. 
Um, speaking of world events, the Chest of Fortune. The Chest of Fortune has yet again moved. It was originally in the Fort of Fortune. It was moved, and it was in the Fort of the Damned, and now it has moved again. Now, it is in the Skeletal Ship Fleet. Now, it's not in every Skeletal Ship Fleet. Let's be very clear on that. It is on the Fortune Ship Fleet. And you're like, well, Devram, what is a Fortune Ship Fleet? They've never had that before. You're right. They haven't. It is the same exact event as the, um, the Skeletal Fleet, but it's not one you can dive to. So this can appear on um, any server at any time, just like any world event can. <clears throat> and instead of having the clouds with green lightning in them to signify the ship fleet is up. This will be the same ship cloud, but it'll be red. So you know that the chest of fortune is on the captain's ship. Now, you can't dive to it. You do have to legit sail to them, and that means no one's going to, again, pop up because they queued for uh, a ship fleet. Not going to pop up on you, but they're still going to see that red ship cloud in the sky, and ships can still sail up, and you're going to have to defend yourself. But the Chest of Fortune now in the ship fleet, which is very exciting because ship fleet battles with other players and the ship fleet are always a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward um, to going after some Chest of Fortunes in the new Fortune fleet. Yeah, the mechanics of the fleet work the exact same. It's just they change the cloud and put that loot on there. So let's talk about some other stuff that's happened. Let's talk about the um, UI UX uh, restructure. So they, they fully revamped the quest system, the voyage system in the game. The UI for Sea of Thieves, because they've added new stuff in the past six years, has gotten a little, I won't say janky, but it's a little hard to navigate. They did their first pass um, when they revamped the reputation tab, which I love, by the way. You can kind of set up your own little widgets um, of things that you want to track. Uh, it's easier to dive right into it instead of so many menus that you have to click through. And this is another pass at that, but in another system. So this is the voyage system, the world event system. Um, the quest table, if you will, UX redesign. And and from the, the previews that we've seen in videos, I think it looks brilliant. It's organized by trading company. Um, once you pull it up, it can suggest things based on your play style. It's got a lot of cool features in there. I'm looking forward to diving into it, seeing how it works. But the fact that you can do it all on your ship now and not have to go menu through all the trading company folks um, is, is, is really, really nice. So I think that was a, a very nice, simplified way, again, to help players get what they want and get out there and adventure. Along with the uh, quest table redesign, something that players have been talking about for a while, a prestige system has put into the game. Just like guilds, um, this system allows that same thing for players. Now, it's a grind for a grind, right? If you want to get your prestige level up, um, they have increased the level cap of all trading companies except Hunter's Call. Sorry, Merrick, you suck anyways, um, to 100. So Athena's fortune, 100. Now, some of you may be like, oh, my God, it took me forever to get to 20. It took me forever to get to 10. It took me forever to get to 30, whatever the case may be. They have rebalanced Athena's fortune, so it falls in line with the other trading companies as far as loot and reputation gain. So they have redesigned that. 
But now you can take all those to 100, and when you get to 100, you reset to 1, but you have a prestige point. The new max cap, the new max cap for reputation is 500. That means you've prestiged five times. So 100, 200, 300, 400, and then you'll cap at 500. So that is the new cap. Again, Hunter's Call not included. So it gives you a reason to play. Like maybe you're a level grinder and you want to be max level and you don't care about some of the other achievements. At least now that's something for you to grind out because for the longest time we've been capped out and it took them a very long time to increase that cap originally. So this is exciting. At least now if I go out and I only have 30 minutes to play or maybe I've got four hours to play, Regardless of what happens in that session, I now can see progress. I can now see some sort of advancement aside from gold because gold is infinite. Um, but now I can see multiple types of progression during my play session, regardless of how long that it is. And I think that is a very good change and a change that a lot of the community members have been asking for for a while. Now, many more of us have been asking for, well, let's be honest, a prestige system in the plunder pass where once we hit a hundred, because you can do that very quickly and getting, um, you know, 101, 102 and keep giving us some currency. That's something people have been asking for, but they have yet to do that. I think it's just because their plunder pass is so easy. Um, the redesign of the voyage system also brings a redesign of the loot that you get. For the longest time, you could go out and let's say you're going to do a merchant alliance voyage or something like that, um, and you come back with more gold hoarder loot because of the little trinkets and the chests that you find along the way, then you do merchant alliance loot. And it kind of feels bad because you're running the merchant flag and you're like, well, I really wanted merchant loot. Now the voyages and the world events that you select from the quest table will make sure that the majority of the loot is focused on that particular trading company that you selected the voyage or the world event to do out of. So if you selected a fort, uh, a skeletal fort for Merchant Alliance, when you open that vault, the majority of the loot in there is going to be different grades of Merchant Alliance loot. Um, and they've added some new tiers of the loot and they've rebalanced the amount of money that you're going to get out of the loot. So... For the longest time, I've talked about the rebalancing of loot and how their their newer loot is worth more and their older loot. Why would anyone go and do that kind of stuff? Like a chest of legends gives you a decent amount of money, but it doesn't compare to like, you know, Ashen Wind Skull, which is easier to get <clears throat> and things like that. So a rebalancing of this loot, I think, is a very good step in the right direction for Rare and this game because it makes you feel like, you know, I'm accomplishing something. Um, and I'm accomplishing and I'm getting rewarded appropriately for what I'm doing. So I'm excited to see the new loot pieces, the crystal and the marble versions of uh, the the chests and things like that. I'm really excited to see that new art because the concept art they showed uh, in the video looks very, very cool. And I'm excited to see what that looks like in game. I'm also excited to do voyages again and events again and seeing a vault full of freaking sugar, like marble or crystallized sugar or whatever. Or a vault full of skulls. Oh, I want to do an order of soul skeletal fort and just see a vault full of skulls. That would be really cool. I think that's a screenshot for sure. So, again, really looking forward to that piece. Um, now, what does this mean for the future? First off, rebalancing, right? Now, 
I've talked to a, I've talked about a lot of stuff in here, and and I'm sure many of you who have who listened to this have watched the deep dive. Many of you have, I've seen already interacting on the Discord, talking about your thoughts about the season and stuff like that. Um, here's the, here's the thing, though the people out there who are saying, well, there's no new content in this, there's no, you're right, there isn't no new voyages. There's not any new events. There's not any new tall tales or adventures or stories or mysteries or whatever. There, there isn't. Okay. But that's not the important part. The important part is that rare has built a new UI. They have redesigned how you get to events. They've redesigned how you um, explore this world in a way that respects your time. And it sets them up for the future. Now, there's speculation out there. Um, I'm not going to get into it too much. That Sea of Thieves may be coming to PlayStation 5 or Nintendo Switch. There, is, there has been a lot of things out there that people say that oh, it's coming to PlayStation. It's coming to Nintendo um, with a variety of different games. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, these console giants don't want to play nice together. And to my knowledge, the only game the only game that has been able to do some sort of open cross-play where it pretty much works seamlessly across Xbox and PlayStation specifically is Minecraft. Now, can Sea of Thieves be the second big title that does that? Potentially. But we'll see. This system that they're putting in here is not only good for that concept of bringing new players in from other consoles, but it's also good because it's going to allow new players or returning players that didn't dive too much into Sea of Thieves because they were overwhelmed or because they didn't know what to do. These new systems will give them a new opportunity to fall in love with this game and stick around. So I'm anxious to see, one, how this is executed. Um, I hope it's executed well. And two, what's the impact on the future? It's going to be, you know, three, six 12 months before we really see the impact on this, can it boost numbers and will it stabilize numbers um, instead of the roller coaster where a season starts, people complete the season pass and they leave. We'll see what this does. We'll, we'll see. I'm hoping that it brings new players in and it also stabilizes the game. The second thing that does does for the future is it gives Rare more switches. Now, when I say switches, we've seen these with Community Days. We've seen these with the Adventures. We've seen these with the Mysteries, where Rare can toggle a switch and something appears in-game that wasn't there a, a second ago, and they can flip the switch and it disappears. So when they popped in Mystery stuff, when they popped in Adventure stuff, when they do Community Days, Golden Glory, any of those things, um, uh, voyages of, I'm sorry, we screwed up. Um, anything like that, this system now helps them with because they've added more switches for them to turn things on and off um, for events and things like that. So I'm excited to see how they're going to use this new, very diverse tool set in their arsenal in order to keep the game exciting and exhilarating for us. Again, we have to see how they execute all this, but... Look, I'm excited. I haven't been this excited to dive in and play Sea of Thieves at a considerable amount with my very limited time to play games anymore. I'm excited. I, I'm excited to get back into it. 
um, really, really deeply instead of playing like a couple hours a week, you know, more hours a week instead of having weeks where I don't play at all, instead of struggling to get the season pass done like I have in season nine and 10 um, at the end, um, because I just was not excited to log in and play. Um, You know, I played with my friends. Life, as you all know, was going crazy for me and stuff like that. But now I'm truly excited to jump in and see what this new stuff does, level up, get my prestige points, all that fun stuff. And also rings, you know, rings exist now. Um, as a cosmetic option and as you prestige and as you level up your different trading companies and prestige and all that stuff ringling things so um, each trading company again five level 500 max except for hunter's call as you prestige you get more rings you can customize which ring is on which finger and really start to feel like that pirate i mean when they released rings in that season pass uh not too long ago don't remember which one it was um a lot of people loved them and a lot of people were showing off the rings but you couldn't customize them you couldn't move them from fingers it was basically a glove right it was in the glove slot Now, just like we have the Briggsy mask in the mask slot, we now have a ring slot where you can customize the rings that are on each of your finger and continue to make your pirate and tell his or her story the way you want to do so. So I really am excited about season 11. I know there's going to be a lot of back and forth, whether, you know, this is, I, I don't like this. I like this. I don't like this. I like this. We're always going to have that. But at the end of the day, I'm excited about season 11. I can't wait to, for uh, this weekend, this Saturday to dive in again, 1 PM Eastern standard time on YouTube, pirate talk radio, or on Twitch, Davram on Twitch um, and play with some friends and really explore season 11. I I'm excited. I'm excited, Um, you know, this um, update, these these videos, these previews have really kind of invigorated a spark in me to actually play the game. I love the story of this game. I love watching content. I love making content about this game. But now, once again, I have the spark to really want to sink some time into this game again. So I'm super excited about that. I hope you guys are excited about it. And for those of you who have already had a chance to log in and play, Sea of Thieves Season 11. Please, in the comments, tell me how it is. Is it buggy as crap? Is it good? Are you having a good time? Are you enjoying some of these uh, uh, fast travel, quote unquote, things? Um, Tell me in the comments of the YouTube video or join the Discord. Um, All the links are in the description of your particular podcasting app or under the YouTube video. Um, And yeah, let me know. Let me know. Please drop a like and a subscribe on the YouTube or your favorite podcasting app. I appreciate you guys very much. And until next time, take care of yourselves and each other. And I'll see you next time on Pirate Talk Radio.